All right. Uh, I don't know how to follow that. Um, I think I know now why Pastor Steve asked me to speak for Christmas service. Um, but, you know, as we focus on Christmas and just a little bit of the story that we heard today uh, through the musical, um, you know, all of us who have grown up in the church, we, we've know, we know the story. It's, it's pretty common, right? We know all the, all the characters. We have uh, Jesus in the manger. We have the three wise men bringing gifts of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, we have the shepherds, and we have the little drummer boy. I don't know if that's biblical, but we have the drummer boy. And then we have the sunglass hut, right? And, you know, we, we have heard this so many times. We've seen it on TV, uh, you know, movies. Uh, we've heard it at church. We've seen uh, plays and skits, and we know the scene so well. And... Uh, at a point, it becomes just common. It's something that we haven't really processed of, you know, the importance and the significance, and we just say, oh, yeah, that's what Christmas is all about. We see it in the holiday lights and uh, Christmas lights and all that. But I would contend that for the first century Jew, the, the reader of, that was originally intended for this to be written, I would contend that, that this scene is actually very controversial, that it is something that would, in, in our words today, would blow their minds, right? It would be so disturbing to them. And I think for us, if we were to know what they're thinking, if we had that little piece of information, I think we would see the significance of it and the truth that is highlighted by what these first century Jewish readers would see. And that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. And it really has to do with the characters, the, the, the people that are present at the birth of Jesus Christ, okay? The three wise men, that's okay. The drummer boy even is okay. The sunglass hut people are okay. But it's these shepherds. The, the, the first century Jewish people would have an issue with the shepherds being there at the inauguration of the king. That at the, the you know, the, the Jewish people are waiting for this Messiah to come and for shepherds to be the first people that hear about the birth of their king, their Messiah, would be something very controversial and something very dis uh, disturbing to them. Because, you know, for us, we see shepherds, you know, they're dressed up, it's really cute. But for them, if you know the first century Jewish mindset, shepherds are, they're outcasts. Uh, socially, they're outcasted. They're, they're people who are known to be rude. They're poor. Um, they're uneducated, uncultured. You know, if, if you had your family walking on the street and they were coming by, you would walk on the other side, because you don't want to deal with them. Uh, they were rough characters in the fringe of society, and these characters, if you uh, ever had them testify for you in court, their testimony would be inadmissible. Like, they, they wouldn't count their testimony to be counted as something that's worthy because they were such low characters in the scheme of first century uh, Jewish society. Not only that, in religious society, they are outcasted because of the animal, the proximity of the, uh, the, the animal that they had to care for and the different things that they had to uh, in, encounter, uh, such as insects and all these, all these things made them ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. And because of all that, they weren't allowed to regularly, regularly enter into the temple, uh, which means that they weren't able to regularly offer sacrifices, which meant that they were ceremonially unclean. So they were socially outcasted, they are religiously put away, and uh, the religious people, they would count them almost as if they were homeless or for the PG-rated, you know, for us, as men or women who used 
their bodies to make money, right? They would treat them as those types of people. It's funny because, you know, a lot of times in Christmas plays, we're dressing them up as shepherds, but you're basically, it's the equivalent, equivalent, equivalent of dressing someone up as a homeless person or someone that sells their body to make money. But in the midst of all of that, we see in Scripture that still, despite the fact that these are religious outcasts, social outcasts, that the shepherds are the ones who come to the presence of the birth of the king. We see that in verse 8 through 9. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So the angel of the Lord arrives and shares this great news, not to kings, not to the richest people, not to the socially upper class, but these shepherds, these social outcasts, these religious uh, outcasts. And this first century Jewish reader who's reading this for the first time, and it's so disturbing to them that God would be present, that the shepherds would be present at the inauguration of their king. But what, they're, what they begin to realize is the accessibility of God, that God is accessible to all people. That it doesn't matter your social class, your wealth, uh, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, that the gospel, that God is available, is accessible to all people. Right? In verse 10, it also says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That God is accessible to all people. And what that means for us is that no matter where you guys are at, you know, no matter how far you might feel from God, that God is available, that God is accessible to all people. What that means for all the people that you know, coworkers and people that don't know Jesus, people that you feel like, oh man, they would never accept Christ, is that God is accessible to all people. You know, God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, for all people. It's not people who have it all together. It's not people who dress well or speak well or, 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 or look, oh man, this person looks like they'd accept Jesus Christ. The gospel is accessible to all people because God has shown himself and revealed himself to these shepherds, the lowest of society. And not only is the gospel and God accessible to all people, what we also see in this passage through the shepherds is that God is approachable to all people. You know, it's one thing to be accessible, right? I can say I'm accessible to all people. I, I can say I'm going to pull out a cafe night and I'm going to sing praise songs. I want, it's accessible to everyone. You guys can all come. But it's one thing for you guys to want to come, right? There's a difference between accessibility and approachability. And not only is the gospel and God accessible for all people, but it's approachable to all people. That God is approachable to all people. And what I mean by that is this. What we find in verse 9 in chapter 2, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. This term, glory of the Lord, is a very common term throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. The glory of the Lord, usually when it's, it's brought up, it's talking about the Shekinah glory, this awe, 
this, this light, this radiance of God that comes. And whenever people are faced with the glory of God, they're in fear. They, 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 they uh, fall back. They fall to their knees. Even Moses, when the glory of the Lord passed by, he couldn't look at the Lord straight in the eyes. So he had to turn his face. Because the glory of the Lord is something that is radiant, something that is to be feared and in awe of. And you know, these shepherds, when the glory of the Lord is shining on them, they're not thinking, wow, God is here for us. You know, remember, they're religious outcasts. They have been, it's been pounded in their heads that they are outcasts of God, that God does not look favorably upon them. That's, that's been pounded into their heads. And so when they see the glory of the Lord, they're not thinking, God is here for me. They're thinking, oh man, God is here to judge me. There's a, a huge sense of fear that comes when they see an angel and the glory of the Lord arriving. And yet, in the midst of that, verse 10, the angel of the Lord said to them, fear not, fear not. There's nothing to fear. The glory of the Lord is shining. He says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. He says, fear not because I'm bringing you good news. And you will be filled with great joy. And the first century reader who's, who's hearing this, it's like, wait, God, why didn't you zap them? Why don't you blast them? These guys are the religious outcasts. How could you say, do not fear? They should be trembling before the glory of the Lord. He says, there's this great news that is coming. The news of Jesus Christ. And what he begins to share and what he begins to lay out is that, hey, do not fear. Because although the glory of the Lord is something to be feared, God is now going to share his presence to us in another way. It's not just going to be this radiant light that all of us feel so scared of. but The presence of God is now going to come to us in the form of a baby, of a child in a manger, in the most humble manner, the most vulnerable form. And he's coming, and he'll be tangible. He'll walk on this earth with you. He'll know your pains. He'll know what you're going through, and he'll be able to be compassionate towards your situations because he himself will be tempted and yet without sin. Jesus Christ is going to come, and I want you guys to be the first to witness it. This is the good news that the angel of the Lord is teaching his shepherds. That the glory of God, though it is something to be feared, he says now the presence of God is coming in a new way, in the form of Jesus Christ. And you guys are the first to witness it. And so what we see here is their response, right? What, what is their response? How do they respond to this truth? At first, it's, it doesn't seem true, right, that the glory of God could be contained even in a baby. But what we see is that they respond, and they respond in faith. And it doesn't explicitly say that they believed or they responded in faith, but we see by their actions that they responded in faith. Verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. He says, let's go. You know, the, if they didn't believe, they would say, oh, that was really weird. I'm scared. You know, let's go the opposite way because I don't want to experience the glory of the Lord again. 
But they heard the word of the Lord, and they responded in faith, and they began to go towards Bethlehem. Not only that, in verse 20 it says, when they saw the child, and afterwards it says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. When they saw the baby, they didn't just say, oh, it's just a baby. But they recognized that this was what, or this was who the angel was talking about. And they worshipped. They worshipped the baby. You know, they didn't worship this bright, brilliant star, this bright, you know, fearful thing. But they worshipped this baby because they believed that this baby was the Messiah, was the king, was the one who was prophesied to come. And they responded in faith. As, uh, there's a pastor that I was reading uh, online, and he said it the best way, right? He said this. Uh, the quote uh, that's coming up says, The shepherds who knew sheep as few other men did left their sheep that night and found the lamb. I thought that was such a beautiful way of putting it, right? The shepherds, these shepherds knew sheep. They knew all the ins and outs of all the different types of sheep and whatever you want to know about sheep, they knew it. And they left their sheep that night and found the lamb, the true lamb. They were able to recognize the true lamb. And I think that comes full circle, that these shepherds who were undeserving, these shepherds who were down and out, they were outcasted, they were the ones who truly recognized the true lamb, the true savior. And they responded in faith. The exhortation that I have for us now as believers who, this is the gospel message, right? People who are undeserving receive the grace of God and God is now approachable through Christ and we respond in faith. That's the gospel message, right? And now the response is what's my exhortation for all of us is that we would respond this Christmas season, that the goal of the Christmas season would not just be for presents and not even just for family, but that it would be to share the presence of Christ with one another. It would be to proclaim the gospel. You see in verse 17 it says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They, they were telling uh, Mary and Joseph, hey, this is what the angel of the Lord told me. This is what's going to happen. This is the Messiah. And then in verse 10 it says, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. He says, I bring you, you guys are the ones I bring the good news to, this gospel, this good news of great joy that will be for all people. This is the responsibility of the church, that we are the beholders of this gospel message, and our responsibility is to share the good news of this great joy to all the people. That's my exhortation for us, that we would share the joy, not just of presence and of family, but truly the joy of Christ with one another and to our coworkers, our friends, our family, those that don't know Jesus. With that, let me just pray for us and then we'll close. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can learn so much even just from the shepherds and their response. And God, we are blown away by their humility, uh, by the genuineness of their faith. God, and we want to be like them. God, because we are them. We, we were undeserving. We were sin, full of sin. And yet through your grace, you sent your son that we might have this new life, that we might have this joy. 
found in your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray today that we would receive it, that we would come to you knowing that you are approachable and accessible. And Lord, I pray that as we go on during this Christmas season, that we would be a people who proclaim your name, that proclaim the joy of the gospel to the world so that all would know the truth of you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.